You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing Kentucky basketball's game with the Tennessee Volunteers happening later on tonight. I believe that game airs at 8 o'clock Eastern. We are going to to be breaking down the Tennessee offense, the Tennessee defense. We're going to give some final thoughts on the game. And then we have Eric Kane, host of the Locked On Balls podcast, joining us to talk about the matchup. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to tell you guys about our friends at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Thank you so much to Rock Auto for sponsoring this episode. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. The Tennessee Volunteers Offense. So whenever we faced off against Tennessee last go around, Tennessee scored 79 points, but that was large due in part to the fact that Kentucky uh, was blowing them out of the water offensively. Tennessee let up 107 points to the Wildcats, and I think the defensive intensity for Kentucky just started to wane as the game went on because it's like, well, if we're scoring so much and we're blowing them out of the gym, why at any point would we really want to try on the defensive end? We're going to win this game one way or another. So the Tennessee offense was relatively efficient last game uh, against the Wildcats. They are averaging 74.4 points per game, which is fifth in the SEC, and they've kind of picked it up as of late. Whenever we previewed these guys last time, we had Sean Venzel of Hoops Insight to break down some of the numbers. Offensively, the Volunteers were not really efficient, My, in my opinion. I It looked like Tennessee didn't necessarily have the... Um, they didn't necessarily have the personnel to try and necessarily operate the Rick Barnes offense at least that's what it looked like in my opinion and since that game Tennessee has uh, improved at least in the SEC in just about every single offensive category which is relatively impressive their pace of play is slightly above average they're 138th nationally in adjusted tempo they still put up a lot of shots over 60 a game and they still take a lot of threes, take 26 per game, which is tied for third in the SEC. Last time we talked about these guys, we did not got, get to talk about the film as enough as I would have liked. I did a lot of studying on this team, did a lot of studying of the Rick Barnes offense, and I came away with a lot of different interesting takeaways. Stylistically, uh, Rick Barnes used to run the flex at Texas, and from what I understand, he now runs a motion offense uh, at Tennessee, runs an early motion offense. And what early means is they're looking to attack the perimeter, attack the rim very early in the shot clock. And so from what I've watched on film, Tennessee likes to get quick rim attacks And what they do is they like to set a high ball screen at the very top of the key. And then they like to have three options uh, run off of that. The ball handler that is uh, is running past the screen can take the the ball himself to the rim or it can be an early post to rim runner, which means you can go past your screen at the top of the key, dish in underneath for a layup or a dunk to the guy in the post if the post defender overcommits to you driving into the lane, or the ball handler can hit the trailer who set the initial ball screen to for, uh, for an open three or a mid-range jumper. Those are the three things that you'll see Kentucky, or excuse me, you'll see Tennessee try and do early 
uh, if they tried to run some of their motion offense. There's also so many different things that Tennessee can do uh, with their motion offense that I've seen on tape. Uh, there are several ball reversals out of that high screen. Uh, you can set into empty side reversals where the ball gets kicked into the wing after that high screen. Chemistry with your guys and shot selection is very important in the motion offense. And it seems like Tennessee in the past has certainly had had that. And it didn't necessarily look like they had that this season, at least whenever I watched film on them a couple of uh, or a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, excuse me. And now it looks like some of those guys are starting to gel. They uh, they lost a player to injury and they've had to readjust their starting lineup. And it really seems like the guys that they have running this system now are more effective at running it. And they've got some guys coming off the bench that are playing very efficient, shooting the three ball well. We'll talk about them uh, in just a little bit. You've got so many different things again that you can do. Uh, with the motion offense, you can screen away, read and react with your motion. Uh, you can do off. You, you can do different things off that high ball screen. Uh, you can hit the trailer uh, again. You can fake a ball reversal out of that. You can dribble handoff uh, into a down screen or a backdoor cut. Um, and instead of hitting the trailer, the point guard can just simply push down uh, into the screen and then kick it out uh, for a three. Again, there are so many different things that you can do with this Rick Barnes early offense. And personally, I love the philosophy. After going and watching some of the film, I really like some of the stuff that he runs at Tennessee. And you distribute the basketball whenever you do this. You know, notice how I'm sitting there talking about how you can hit the trailer for three, how you can kick it out, how you can dish it. The point guard can do so many different things. Well, the volunteers average 16.8 assists per game, which is second in the SEC. They also shoot a decent clip, a little, uh, a little over forty-three and a half percent from the floor is what the ball, the Vols are shooting, uh, which is better than what they were shooting last time they played. They're also shooting thirty-four and a half percent from three, which is second in the SEC. So they take a lot of threes and they make a lot of threes. And again, like uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. This team was relatively efficient against Kentucky last game. Everybody just wanted to focus on Kentucky's offense and the fact that they scored 107. This team is starting to figure out how to play some offense themselves, and if the defense can maybe lock Kentucky up a little bit, uh, I think this game could get interesting. Three key contributors here before we move on to the defense. Josiah Jordan-James averaging 8.9 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, and 1.3 assists per game. For the Volunteers, he's not known as an efficient scorer. He's more of a volume guy, just hold, simply takes a lot of shots for him. He's only shooting 35% from the floor, which is abysmal, uh, but he is a very solid uh, very solid defender, has good length. He's a he's listed as a guard. He's listed at six foot six as a guard, but Tennessee has been known to rotate him to the three and the four at different times whenever they like to play small ball. And so he's just one of the veteran guys on this team that I think is just one of the pieces that I think we could potentially be looking out for. Uh, in this game. Santiago Vescovi, he was one of the guys that we noted last time uh, the Volunteers played the Wildcats, averaging 13.6 points per game. That metric has not changed since Kentucky played them. Uh, He's averaging 4.5 rebounds per game and 3.3 assists per game. Both of those metrics slightly underneath uh, what he was averaging whenever he played the Wildcats just a few short weeks ago. He's still one of the leading scorers. He has put up 182 three-point attempts this season. He's left-handed, which may be something interesting to know. I just think it's kind of cool. Uh, and next closest player on the roster has 116 three-point attempts. So he's one of the leading scorers, uh, knows how to distribute, knows how to get rebounds, and he has been putting up a lot of threes for the Volunteers this season. And instead of Kennedy Chandler or John Fulkerson or somebody like that, I went with, for the third key contributor, Zakai Ziegler, who is averaging 8.5 points per contest, 1.9 rebounds per game, and 2.5 assists per game. Now, why would I list somebody uh, with those numbers when I could list a guy like Kennedy Chandler? 
Well, Ziegler has been somewhat of a spark plug for the Volunteers as of late. He's been playing very, very well off the bench, getting some legitimate minutes for the for the Volunteers over his past five games. He is averaging 14.2 points per contest, 2.6 assists per game, 2.4 steals per game. He's shooting 45.7% from the field and 54.5% from three. He has been insanely efficient off the bench for the uh, for the Volunteers. And if Kennedy Chandler elects to go uh, and play in the NBA after his one season with the Volunteers, which I can see is a def- definite reality, uh, this five foot uh, nine point guard from New York is definitely going to get a shot to run the Volunteers' offense next season. He's been playing again outstanding for the team coming off the bench. He is one of the key contributors as of late. Somebody I wanted to note. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Kentucky elects to guard uh, Santiago Vescovi and Zakai Ziegler without Ty Ty Washington as a defensive presence on the floor. We're going to talk about the defense and what they can bring to the table in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over this season, and Joe Shiesty could not get it done in the Super Bowl. Uh, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts all right moving along here on the tuesday edition of locked on kentucky thank you so much for making locked on kentucky your first listen every single day if you've got thoughts about this game if you've got opinions about this game leave them in the comments below if you're watching on youtube i'd love to hear them and if you're listening on podcast format you can follow the show on twitter at locked on uk if you want to at me Give your thoughts on this game. I would love to hear your thoughts there as well. All right, the Tennessee defense. One of the most efficient teams in the entire country on the defensive end. They gave up 107 points last time Kentucky played them. I'm going to talk about why I don't expect that to happen again. There's several reasons why. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But first, just to go over some of the statistics here, 63.1 points allowed per game. Again, they gave up 107 to the Wildcats. Tennessee is sixth in defensive efficiency nationally, which is very, very good. They've not really dropped off since Kentucky played them. They were second at the time in defensive uh, efficiency in the country, but they've dropped a little bit, but they've not really fallen off. They're still a very good team efficiency-wise. They averaged 9.9 steals per game. They had five uh, versus Kentucky. They averaged 4.4 blocks per game. They had three versus Kentucky. And they averaged 17.2 turnovers forced per game, and they only had 12 versus the Wildcats. So, I think that's something that Tennessee is going to have to do in this game is put a little bit of pressure on Kentucky's guards. And that's what I want to get to here real quick is why I think the Wildcats aren't going to score 107 points again against Tennessee. And I think part of it is obvious. It was an outlier game. When's the last time Tennessee or Kentucky scored 100 points against any opponent? We're going to have to go all the way back. I believe it was Robert Morris uh, early on at the beginning of the season. So it's not really necessarily something that Kentucky's been doing a lot to different teams. And again, Tennessee is a very good team efficiency-wise on defense. I don't expect that to be the same this season or this game. I just simply thought that that game was an outlier. And the second reason here is Ty Ty Washington. Ty Ty Washington had 28 points in that game against Tennessee, and he's not going to play tonight. I don't expect Kentucky to rely on their guards to really score a ton of points in this game. Or, although that's what worked against the Volunteers last time, 
I don't expect it to be as large of a volume of output uh, as the uh, as the guards had last last game uh, against the Volunteers. I believe Severe Wheeler had 21 points uh, against the Volunteers, and Kellen Grady was like four of seven from three. It was like five of eight overall from the floor, or something like that. Uh, again, I just don't expect the guard play to be as efficient as it was last game. Part of that has to do with the fact that one of the, the guards is simply not going to be there. Ty Ty Washington isn't playing. Some more metrics here. Uh, something that I thought was interesting to note. So can, if Tennessee uh, uh, gives up 41.7% field goal shooting percentages to opponents. And Kentucky shot almost 70% against the Volunteers. 33.1% is what opponents are shooting from three against Tennessee. And Kentucky shot 61% uh, from three. And uh, Kentucky shot 21 free throws in that game. And Tennessee only a- allows 16 free throws per contest. Again, a lot of different metrics that I just simply don't think are going to be the same this second go-around. I would also say that the crowd is definitely going to be a factor in this one. I think it's going to be a very, very fun environment. Um, Going on the road is usually not fun in the SEC, so I just, I would don't expect it to be a crazy offensive night from Kentucky. One of their best players is out, and I just don't think that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a high-scoring affair for the Wildcats. Also, something else I wanted to note is Oscar Shibway, even though he's been incredibly efficient for Kentucky this season, uh, he was not really a factor against the Volunteers last time they faced off. Nine points and 12 rebounds is what Shibway had. Uh, that's really honestly shocking, uh, all things considered, and given the fact that he's been such a dominant player uh, against a lot of different teams so far this year. So another question I have is, how does Shibway assert himself offensively in this game? I don't know. We're just going to have to see. All right, we've got Eric Kane, host of Locked On Balls, a pre-recorded segment with him coming up in just a second. Going to talk about this game a little bit more in depth. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you Need Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders this parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You yourself, in fact, have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can just use Rock Auto? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are also reliably low for every single customer. Not only that, they have everything that you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. And you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, we've got Eric Kane, host of Locked On Vols, joining us for an interview, pre-recorded segment here, and that will do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Going to go ahead and tell you right now, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments, leave them on the socials, drop a final score prediction for this game. I want to hear what you guys have to think. Here is Eric Kane, host of Locked On Vols. Hey guys, thanks so much for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day, wherever you get your podcast, completely free, available on every single platform. And 
Of course, Tennessee, a big-time game coming up later tonight. I'm your host, Eric Kane, and I want to bring on the host of Locked On Kentucky. His name is Lance Daw. Lance, what's going on, man? Oh, not a whole lot. Just reminiscing about the time we dropped 107 points on you guys, but just not nothing really other than that. Just wow, having guns, a good time, bla- man. guns blazing. The uh, the home crowd's <laughs> really going to like that in the comments section. So, uh, <laughs> Kentucky, you know, you look at number, what is it, third in the net rankings, fourth in the AP, won six straight, but, you know, won probably their last, you know, eight of nine. Uh, probably, arguably, the best team in the nation arguably the best player in the country this year in Oscar Sheboy. What's what's going right with Kentucky right now? Well, I'll say probably the best thing that's happening for Kentucky right now is their defense. I would say that right now the Wildcats are playing really good defense, and they've been doing something that they had some issues with, I believe, early on in the season, getting back in transition and getting stops. They've not really allowed teams to run on them uh, as of late, and I certainly think that that has helped them in a lot of different contests. You saw in that Alabama game, a little bit of a defensive affair. They got back in transition against the Crimson Tide. Alabama put up 33s against the Wildcats, and they only made three of them. So I think getting back in transition has been a, a, a point of emphasis for this team defensively, and I think that's helped them a lot. I would say, though, right off the bat, you know, one of the things that's different about this matchup is that Ty Ty Washington will not be playing. He got injured last game against Florida. Uh, he's not expected to return to this game against Tennessee, and I would say that's probably the thing that concerns me the most. If I'm going to come in here guns blazing, making jokes about 107 points being scored, look, I do not think Kentucky's going to score 107 points in this matchup for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, Tata Washington, what's the latest in him? You kind of told us there. That's 28 points from the first matchup. Of course, he went off. What's Kentucky's plan to replace that type of production in the lineup tonight? Well, I think they're going to go and they're going to look to a veteran guy off the bench, Davian Mintz. Now, Mintz was a starter on last year's team, got a lot of playing time, got a lot of experience. He's a really good shooter. He's been playing really well as of late, very efficient coming off the bench, really knows his role well. I think Kentucky's going to have to ask him to step in and play a lot more minutes than he has been accustomed to playing this season. And look, Ty Ty Washington got hurt against Auburn. Davian Mintz has already seen this situation this year. He knows how to play with these guys. He knows how to play with them well. I think putting him in the starting rotation and asking him to take a little more shots to take to distribute the basketball a little bit more I don't think it's going to be too much to ask for him uh, from him now is he going to score 28 points uh, in replacement of Ty Ty Washington as Washington did against Tennessee last game I don't think so but I definitely don't think Kentucky is going to suffer and I'll also say this before Washington got hurt and this is not a knock on Washington overall as a player He's he had been in a little bit of a shooting slump. And so honestly, I don't think that Mintz is going to hurt this team having to play more. Uh was a severe wheeler was a guy that was missing some time, came back, played against Tennessee that first time, about nine points, seven point two assists per game. That leads the SEC third in the country. It's a guy that's playing really, really well for Kentucky. Another guy that Tennessee's backcourt players are gonna have to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Tennessee uh, really struggled with Kentucky, Kentucky's backcourt last time they played. I don't think Se- Severe Wheeler is going to be uh, a scorer in this game. In fact, he had missed 19 straight shots before knocking down his very first against Florida this past game. He's been on a little bit of a cold streak right now, but like you mentioned, a great distributor. He's also an underrated defender, in my opinion, and so I really question, you know, but Tennessee right now, they've got a, a couple different guards that are scoring and playing very well. How does Severe Wheeler guard a guy like Sakai Ziegler or Santiago Vescovi? I think it's going to be very interesting to see. But yeah, Severe Wheeler, uh, the number one distributor for this team, and he's the guy between Washington himself that really knows how to push the pace and transition. That's something that the volunteers are going to have to watch out for. 
look at Kentucky this season, five and three in, in true road games. All right. And you got losses to Notre Dame or at Notre Dame, LSU and Auburn, of course, but no one's going to you know hang your hat over losing to Auburn. Uh, but you do have wins against Kansas and Alabama on their home courts. How would you describe Kentucky on the road this season compared to Kentucky at home and Kentucky at a neutral side? I would say that they have been up and down, like you just mentioned, five and three in true road games. Look, early on in the season, this was a huge complaint of mine. Kentucky's strength of schedule in the non-conference slate was just incredibly weak. They didn't really play a lot of opponents that got them prepared for the SEC road, and that was just a huge complaint of mine. We saw that loss to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's actually not that bad of a team, it appears, but yeah, losses to LSU uh, on the road, losses to Auburn. Look, whenever they go up against a very sound defensive team, they can struggle. They, we've already seen that at times this season. So they've been up. They've been down. I would say, though, based on the way that they've been playing as of late uh, on the road, they've been very methodical, very patient at different times. They know when to, to pick up the pace. They know when to slow it down. This team, I think, is really starting to peak at the right time. So the way I would describe this team right now on the road is just simply methodical. Now, how they operate against one of the best defenses in the country in Tennessee, I think is going to be an interesting thing to see. Lance Dahl, Locked On Kentucky, joining the show. Does a lot of work for us graphic-wise here on Locked On Vaults as well. Make sure to give him a follow. That is his incorrect Twitter handle, I just realized, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Lance, what's your Twitter handle right now? My my Twitter handle is Lance Dahl underscore, and I apologize because I, I initially I was like, Dahl Pound's cool, and then I'm like, well, I kind of want Lance. So I've kind of transitioned Twitter handles recently, so I apologize. Yeah, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. But nonetheless, give a follow on Twitter. Hey, Lance, I mean, you look at Kentucky. It's not like it was a bad defensive team the first go around, but I mean, Tennessee's been elite defensively um, all season long. Now, giving up 107 points in Kentucky is pretty much an outlier, but it looks like Kentucky's most improved asset of this basketball team and something you picked on earlier was it's improved defensive play. I mean, how has this team kind of transformed from being okay defensively to being, I mean, right now set a 12th in Ken Palm's defensive uh, adjust, uh, efficiency rating on defense right now. Well, I think a couple of things have happened. First off, Oscar Shibway has been the lone guy really to get defensive rebounds for this team. And I think what Kentucky started to do recently is they've been sending more guys to the glass. That's just simply been uh, what's benefited them so far uh, whenever they play defensively. And also, I think another thing that has been something that I've, I complained about a little bit early on in the season and slowly started to get better as the season has gone on is just the aggression on defense. I think Kentucky plays with a lot more passion now. I think they play a lot com more comfortably. And so I would just simply say the aggression on, on the glass and the, the aggression just staying in front of different players and really pressuring opponents' guards has probably been the uh, thing that I've been mo the most pleased, pleased with, just actually putting out some legitimate effort on defense so far. Yeah, two more things for you, Lance. You mentioned, you mentioned Oscar Sheboy, obviously. I mean, leading the country in rebounds at 15.3. He's Kentucky's leading scorer, just a little over 16 points. Coming off just a fantastic game against Florida over the weekend. You know, is how good is he? And is he, um, would he be your pick right now for the player of the year? Not only in the he, SEC, he, but in, in college basketball. Yes, I think definitely right now he is probably the, I, I said this on last episode, if he hasn't locked it up already, barring injury or just a massive collapse, knock on wood, He's uh, he's got that trophy locked up and something interesting. I actually wanted to note. you know, he's a fantastic player. Uh, like I mentioned, just a great rebounder. He's got some really good post moves as well. Not known as a shot blocker, but he's definitely physical defending the rim. Uh, something that I wanted to note is that, you know, he only scored nine points against the Vols last time out. And he only had 12 rebounds, one of his worst outputs of the entire season. So I think if Tennessee has similar success than like they did the first time these two teams met, I think they're going to have a very legitimate chance to win this game.
And of note as well, Tennessee's best run protector, of course, Olivier Cumwa. Not going to be in this one out for the season, likely uh, has missed the last couple of games. So uh, that's going to wreak havoc as John Fulgerson, Uros Plofsic, um, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, Jonas Adu, whoever the case may be, Josiah Jordan James playing the four. Uh, it's going to be a whole team effort trying to corral Sheboy and find him for rebounds down there uh, in the front court. Lance, last thing, man. Uh, Kentucky, again, arguably one of the best teams in the country, playing like one of the best teams in the country. Anything can happen in this rivalry uh, with Tennessee, who's won six of the last 11. Uh, Tennessee, who, you know, before that embarrassment earlier in the season, 107-79, where I do want to point out Tennessee had a great offensive day, which is so ironic because Tennessee is a great defensive team. At the point in time, it was struggling offensively. Had a great offensive day, but just couldn't stop anybody. Um, Kentucky. Uh, you know, I, I, can this team win a national championship? I know tournament basketball, it's about where you're seated, what region, what matchups, all that. But your big picture thoughts on Kentucky maybe winning it all this year. Well, look, I think that there are two things that stand out about this Wildcats team. And for one, they're they're a lot more experienced than they have been in the past. John Calipari put together a veteran team this season in a lot of different positions. And I also think something that stands out about this team, I've been really, this has been a point of emphasis as of late on my podcast, is that Kentucky can win against any style of play. They can win a game in the 60s. They can win a game in the upper 80s. They can really, if you want to dictate the pace of the game, that's fine. But Kentucky can adjust and they can grind you down no matter how you play the game. At least it seems like they're doing that right now. So I would say big big picture wise, I think this team is built, if they can get Ty Ty Washington back and he's healthy, I think they're built to make a tournament run. Because again, like I mentioned, they can adjust to so many different styles of play. It makes them very dangerous in a tournament setting. Yeah, crazy things have happened in this matchup. Crazy things happen at 9 o'clock Eastern time tips inside Thompson Bowling Arena, a place where Tennessee has not lost all season long. Should be a really, really, really good game against Tennessee and Kentucky coming up later tonight. Lance, appreciate it, man. Do a great job, and we'll get you back on the show, okay? Yes, sir. Appreciate it.